We have started already. This is it. Okay, you. <laughs> you hype. You you about to lose your job. <laughs> I thought I thought you were gonna send me a little outline of, in the way you wanted things to go. That you want things to just flow naturally. I, I thought I thought that you know what, and then um. Then I was like half awake. I don't know because I've had so much anxiety over. Have you had any anxiety over the past week? Interludes, a pure lighthouse production. Brought to you by A1 Pest Masters. For all your exterminating and pest control needs, Call A1 Pestmasters. And now, all the way live from the south side of Chicago, give it up for your host, Valerie Johnson. We have started already. This is it. Hey, oh, we started already? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let me let me let me do this. Hey, this is Valerie Johnson and welcome to Interludes. I would love to introduce someone that has been working behind the scenes with me and is a voice, a strong voice on Interludes. He is the executive producer and writer for our podcast. Welcome Michael Womble. How you doing? Hi, I'm doing I'm doing well. Hey, so so Valerie, what did you see on what have you been seeing on um and so in your social media, how, how's that been the last couple of days? Uh, it's actually been on fire. Uh, one person that we interviewed, Ted Williams, the third, my gosh, he was covering right. it on his live feed and mm-hmm. he just, he just went in and said, he actually posted on his Facebook page, describe a song that describes the election, put a song in your, uh, on here on my, on my, comment section and, and tell me what song best describes this election to the left to the left everything you own in the box to the left welcome to interludes i'd love to introduce to you one of the executive producers and writers for the podcast mr michael womble how you doing on today feel really good. I have a, a very straightforward message for Donald Trump. As a Donald Trump, you're fired. <laughs> Didn't want to say that for like uh, four, four years. years. I, yeah. you know what? I want to mention something at the top of this because you know, with other Republican presidents, you know, you were thinking, oh my gosh, what was the first presidential election that you voted? What was the who was running when you first voted for someone? Oh my goodness! So uh, great. So the first person that I voted for in a, in a presidential election. Yeah. First person I voted for in a presidential election uh, was William Jefferson Clinton as the first person I voted for. Uh, that's nineteen ninety two, which is a long time ago. Uh, 
Um, I'm not sure. Were you were you with me when I voted for William Jefferson Clinton? I believe so. And I believe we watched the uh, Democratic uh, National Convention when it ha- when they were announcing him as the as a running candidate for the Democratic mm-hmm. candidate choice uh, back in 92. And we both were, were we were both in college at that at that time. I actually okay. my first my first presidential election was the first George Bush. And who was his running opponent opponent opponent? Dukakis. Right. So I remember Little voting. Yeah. So I remember voting for Michael Dukakis. And that was my very first election that I voted for. That's the that was wow. who I voted for. And then uh, my second was 92. So I just what I wanted to kind of reflect back because um, as many well, people refer to like, oh, they go and they they say, well, the, some of the great Republican presidents are, and then they kind of give you the list. And sometimes sometimes I hear people mention Reagan. I, see, I hear some people sometimes mention Bush. And I'm just kind of going, I don't really know because I was young at the time. I was just getting into the voting process. But I have to you, say You this. said some of the great Republican presidents? That Yeah. And, I, and I'm saying oh, yeah. that- What, what you got to say? Yeah, so the, the, the one thing I will say is that every president before 45 did some type of public or some type of uh, political office. I think the only person that was that really had something that was in a different career was was Reagan. He was a former actor, but then eventually he became a what was that a governor and then he became the president. So we, this was the first time a uh, president was elected with no experience. He was known. He was known as someone that was a, a reality star and he had name recognition. And I'm bringing all this up because at one point, because he was taught touted as being very successful in real estate and I lived in New York, um, it was a big deal when I think he had a celebrity apprentice and I think Arsenio Hall won. So I had this totally different view of Trump before the election of 2016. And from 2006, 2015, 2016 to now, you have shown, he has shown America who he truly is. And it is, it is, it hurts. It hurts to the core because it, I think, the number one reason why he got elected in 2016 was because of name recognition. He knew people knew his name, and then he kept bringing up emails from uh, from Hillary Clinton and all of that. So, but my thing is, is that um, I I'm grateful. <laughs> I was it was I was in anxiety about how this was going to go because. Our, our nation has seen some unrest for a long time. And this is throughout the presidency of, of Trump. I am praying for some type of healing and I'm gonna end with this. I saw a tweet from Lenny Kravis uh, a couple of days ago. And he says, let us define ourselves by our actions. We're not Democrats or Republicans, we're human beings. We have, each other and the planet to care for. Now it's time, let love rule. That was the name of one of his, uh, his songs. And then he put up a picture, make America kind again.
because we this has been some unkind times. I'm gonna let you go ahead with that. Well, if you want to go back to the nineties, the yeah, beautiful you go back there, the beautiful nineties. Yeah. Uh, I got and you you asking about the first time that I voted. The first mm-hmm. time that I voted was uh in the presidential election was quite memorable it was at um at in college um Mm -hmm. at my roommate at the time Uh, i think it was my roommate at the time but anyway was soon to be my roommate uh give a shout out to rafael williams who's um uh track coach down in texas i think texas state or texas somebody representing um doing his thing uh, big, big time. Uh, he had an idea. He said, now, we were at a school, you know, Valerie and I both went to the same college. So we were at a school in suburban Chicago. Now, most of the African-Americans there lived in Chicago. So uh, this is at a time when people were not thinking about absentee ballots or anything like that. People went home when they wanted to go home. It was maybe an hour hour and a half away, you get on a train or you get a ride home or something. So election day came around and Mr. Williams borrowed the school van uh, used for ministry. And he said that we were gonna be doing a project and we were, he didn't, he was kind of vague about the project. The project was voting though. So pretty much he, I, other folks went around, gathered up all of the black people we could that we knew who had uh, who had registered to vote, and we packed them into the van, and we drove down uh, 290, I believe. Oh, because construction then always under construction, always, always under construction, always under construction. So we, we took that trip, and we literally spent the day that Tuesday driving around. From from polling place to polling place throughout the south side, far south side, west side, the southeast side, hit every spot we could for everybody and said, "Where you live?" And he would be at the at the wheel like, "Where you live? Where you live? All right, well, there's a park over there. We'll hit that park. Oh, uh, there's a library over there. We'll go to that library. You know where you're supposed to go." And we gathered about twelve to 15 votes that day. So we had people in there. So we voted that we made sure that people exercised their right to vote. There were two reasons at the time. I remember why we did that. I'll start with the least important to the most important. Number one, there was an issue of student loans was up. And one of the candidates, uh, 41, 41, is that right, 42? Anyway, George W., George Herbert Walker Bush, George Herbert Walker Bush mentioned that uh, he didn't find any problem with student loans. Uh, William Jefferson Clinton said that he was going to uh, take care of student loans or at least reduce them in some way. Bam! That was good. And then the most important reason is that we wanted representation. So I think that ties us into this current election. Even then we wanted representation. So the big reason why we voted and pushed Mm -hmm. the vote was because there was a historic person on the ballot that year. Her name was Carol 
Mosley Braun. Braun, right? And she was running for Senate in the state of Illinois, where we went to school. And mm -hmm. Carol Mosley Braun would go on to become first African American woman in the in Senate. The Senate. Mm -hmm. And we're Big sending deal. her from the state of Illinois. Yeah, yeah. As as Big our deal. current president elect would say, it was a big effing deal, right? As <laughs> <laughs> Joe Joe Biden's famous words uh, used later on uh, when they passed some other legislation with Barack Obama. Uh, but but that was a big deal to get Carol Bosley Braun in there. So we worked. I remember working with um, people uh, on who have been on this show. Uh, I remember Erica Harden working very hard to try to get Carol Mosley Braun in the Senate. I remember uh, other fraternities and sorority members trying to get together to make sure that that happened uh, because we, we wanted to make history. And we did. Mm -hmm. Both uh, William Jefferson Clinton was elected president mm -hmm. and Carol Mosley Braun was elected to the Senate. Uh, we saw this in this past election season Carol Mosley Braun endorsed uh, Joe Biden pretty yep. early yep. on Very early in on. his run for the presidency. Uh, and then uh, it was interesting that he was endorsed by the first African-American female in the mm -hmm. Senate. And then he picked Kamala Harris. as his running mate. Yes, that's right. So, um, you know, there is a story here going from that time to now representation. And that yeah. representation has to do with African-American women who made yeah. the biggest difference in that election in 92 mm -hmm. and this election in 2020. 2020. Mm -hmm. the, just grassroots from being candidates to volunteering, the field work, people like Stacey Abrams, uh, who did not run mm -hmm. for office this time, but mm -hmm. certainly is a, a queen maker. She certainly made people and helped in her state, state of Georgia, still going to have a runoff in January. May send two new senators uh, out who could support the new president. Uh, we don't know. We'll have to see. So, right. I mean, that, that election, I mean, all these elections, they, they, they mean something. You think mm -hmm. of them as isolated things, but they're connected. They mean something. I mean, so mm -hmm. so one thing I wanted to ask ask you mm -hmm. ask you about is that as someone who has come from you know recently come back to Chicago, you know your kind of home city from New York. Uh, what was going on? What'd you see in New York? What'd you see in Chicago? Do you notice any differences here in terms of what happened election day? Uh, well, I will say um, I lived in Brooklyn when I was there and we had Representative uh, Max Rose, who was over our region. Um, I was in, mm -hmm. if you guys are in New York, uh, the Bay Ridge area. And um, he was someone that was running and he did a, he did a grassroots thing of, you know, he's former military and uh, he ran against... Um, Nicole and her last name, I'm not going to butcher, but um, what ended up happening in this election is that the, uh, the Republican um, person that was running against Max ended up uh, beating him. And um, 
Uh, and the funny thing is, is that this is, I think her second time, I think this is their second time meeting because I remember her name being on the ballot when I voted in New York. So um, I would always try to find out what people would, what their, what their issues that they were running on. And I think um, what was important at, at the time in New York was um, just the transportation issue via the MTA. Mm -hmm. um, there was uh, 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 DACA, you know, uh, immigrants. Mm -hmm. and, so it, the thing that Max touted in New York, that's what helped him win, you know, previously. But now, unfortunately, he he's lost. And I was thinking, wow, I wonder, I wonder what happened with that. I believe uh, Chuck Schumer was reelected. Or was he on the ballot? Yes. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yes. yeah he was. Yeah, yeah, so he was he was he was reelected, and um, I believe he's the House. No, he's the Senate. One of the Senate, Senate Minority Leader. So Senate minority right now, leader. the Democrats are still in the minority in the Senate. Um, right. They are in the majority in the House, uh, but it's a slim majority because people like yeah. Max Rose lost their yes. elections. You had That's Democrats right. losing across the country. I'm I'm wondering, as someone there, why why do you think he lost? What was what was what was wrong with his message? What do you think was wrong with it? I, unfortunately, because I was transitioning out of New York mm -hmm. around the time that he was starting to campaign, which was I want to say last November. I think he started, and then it got very active in the last year, in the last I want to say six to eight months, and I had already left. Um, I think the messaging just got a, got a little got a little turned, and then I believe people are, were very active about making sure. Hey, this we got a woman running, and the funny thing is, is that she ran before, but she lost, yeah. and now this time, okay. and she won, and she won by a lot of votes um, mm -hmm. in uh, New York. So uh, I don't unfortunately know what their what their um, dueling issues were yeah but i just know that she lost from before and then she she applied and, and ran against rose again and then won okay okay mm -hmm. i mean i know in, in new york you saw a lot of interesting things like in new york it's the 17th congressional district there was, yeah, was uh mondaire jones mm -hmm. Who won, and also um, Richie Torres, and what fifteenth uh, congressional district, and what kind of stands out about them is that they are going to be the first openly LGBTQ Black members of Congress, mm -hmm. and they're coming out of New York. Um, but in your case, you're talking about your former Congressman Max Rose losing his seat. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying bye bye. Yeah, so he's gone. In mm -hmm. um in, in New York, and uh, Nicole won by fifty seven point nine, and uh, Max only came in at forty two point one percent, and they're at uh, ninety five percent reporting at this time. Yeah, so, that's that's bad. That that bad. Yeah. Uh, AOC won her seat. And I mean, goodness knows, uh, you know, mm -hmm. you could you could have been living under a rock and you know who AOC is. Really clear what she stands for. It's mm -hmm. not ambiguous. It's not, well, is she a Republican or well, what does she stand on this issue? Oh, everybody knows what issue she stands on, okay? People mm -hmm. from Mike Pence to Donald Trump 
have been trying to portray her in uh, a way that misrepresents what she stands for. But even that misrepresentation, it's clear, you know, where she is on issues and mm -hmm. she won her seat. And I think that that's something that, you know, it won't happen immediately this year because there's a lot of healing, as you said, needs to happen um, mm -hmm. in the country. But some of these people, they have the D next to their name. You might never know it by their actions or what they mm -hmm. say. And after a while, you, I, I mean, you can keep telling me that this is a center right country, but uh seems to me that out of the last eight elections, Democrats have had more votes in seven of those eight elections. So I'm kind of tired of like listening to what what the other side had to say in their losing effort. And let's uh let's make sure we we reach out to them. You know what? <laughs> you lost, okay? Like uh Democrats lost an election with Donald Trump and certainly are going to pay for it for the next 40 years, places like the Supreme Court and other areas of our government. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm tired of all this reconciliation. God bless some of these folks, but they need to pay. And it needs, needs to get to set up. Who needs, Who needs to, to pay? pay? Mm -hmm. Look, the, the Supreme Court is stacked. Unless it yes, gets it fixed, it's going to be bad for a while. So mm -hmm. right now, I think that, that that Biden was very diplomatic and saying he didn't want to add to other, um, he didn't want to add people to the Supreme Court. That's fine. That's why you have, you should have a strong legislative arm. Right. Pushing you to do the things that you don't really want to do. Okay, making you do the stuff that you should do. Uh, I'll never forget this. Um, Cornell West was mm. in, uh, this was back in 20, uh, 2000. So okay. yes, I'm, I am old. So I was in uh, Barack Obama's headquarters and okay. we were doing phone banks back, back when people could be next to each other and use yeah. the phone, you know, yeah. instead of like this. Separated. So, <laughs> exactly exactly what six feet apart with Lysol and everything so back when you could have people packed into um an office space with different phones calling different states uh mm -hmm. cornell west came down there to speak on behalf of barack obama candidate barack obama believe it or not you know mr progressive cornell west and he said to and i'm paraphrasing him because he was i was there what mm -hmm. i heard he said, you know, I'm going to work for you. I'm going to work for Brother Barack. We're going to get Bar Brother Barack, because everybody's a brother, right? A sister with Cornell. So I'm going to get Brother Brother Barack in the office. We're going to put him in the White House. But as soon as he gets in there, we're going to criticize him. We're going to interrogate him. We're going to go after him. We're going to put his feet to the fire. We're going to make him do what we need him to do. He said, he said I love him. But once he gets in there, I'm gonna go after it. And that's that's okay. That's the job. That's that's our job. You know, we needed to get uh brother Biden in the office, okay? We need to get uh brother Trump out. So we got brother Biden in there now. So now we gotta make sure that he does the things that he said that he was gonna do. 
We so need to I... hold him accountable, right? Don't we? Right, Don't exactly. You? Yeah. So um, as of as of this recording right now, just to kind of give some election results, uh, according to the Associated Press, Joe Biden has now at 290 electoral votes and Donald Trump stalled and stayed very solidly at 214. Um, what I will say is that uh, with the vote count, 70 million people in this country voted for and they re wanted to reelect Donald Trump and 75 million uh, elected and voted for Joe Biden. So that speaks to uh, a, a dead center of there's there are very many supporters of Trump and there are uh, more, a lot of supporters of Biden. But ultimately, I'm just trying to figure out like as of right now and as of uh, today, uh, there was a, a actor tweeted about Biden. Neighbor, he joked around and says, "Can y'all start Monday?" And and as of <laughs> and as of uh, as of a couple of reports this morning, uh, Joe Biden has come up with uh, things dealing with the coronavirus, like a task force, and he wants to wait, do a wait. National that was supposed to go away. We weren't going to hear about that coronavirus anymore. He told us. The day after the election, you won't hear about it anymore. I'm going to be reelected and the media will stop talking about it and it'll just go away. It didn't go away. I'm going to say no, it didn't. And in fact, let's just deal with our state of Illinois, according to Illinois. Where we're where we're at, they she always uh, we, she's always said the S. I don't know why. I can't I vouch for her though. She was born there. <laughs> I don't know. There's don't know. A, uh, in the in the United States, there are over now 10 million cases of coronavirus, and unfortunately, 238,000 people have unfortunately passed in the in Illinois. Is that good? Okay. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that's it. unfortunately, well, she don't there put ketchup are... on the hot dogs, though. So don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, there have been uh, ten thousand deaths, and there are uh, we're almost at the ha half million mark of four hundred eighty-nine thousand uh, cases in Illinois. Cases. And what's happening is that it keeps rising as we're going. We're go we're transitioning now into our winter season, the flu season. And I don't know, in the same way the news organizations uh, stopped Trump from talking in his uh, news, his I think it was a press, press conference he did and was saying, I'm still the rightful winner. And he kept talking and he was tweeting like crazy over the weekend saying that he was the rightful winner and he's gonna pursue. He, uh, many of those cases have been thrown out uh, and it, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, and he's not conceding. And I'm thinking to myself, well, honey, you don't have to concede. Just know that J uh, January uh, 20th, please vacate the White House. We would like for you to leave now, but January 20th, January 19th. Yeah, yeah, January 19th. The, the, pro the, problem, the problem is you, you're, you're mentioning numbers and these, all these numbers you mentioned are relevant. Here, here's here's the most disturbing number. Okay, you said that, that you said that Donald Trump 
gained 70 million votes. He had 70 million votes in this election. That's right. That's uh, 7 million more than he had in 2016 when he won office. So Mm -hmm. in the last four years, the theory, he has gained 7 million new supporters or people that didn't, for whatever reason, weren't able to or didn't vote for him in the last election. So the whole idea that Trump lost is not really true. It's there's something that's disturbing there. And that is that his movement gained momentum and followers. And there are more people now in America that support Donald Trump than than they did in 2016. What is that? Let me ask. What do you think that says about our country? I want to, I want to focus in on, I believe his um, Trump's uh, rallying rallying cry. Um, I believe when he ran in 2016, and definitely um, now he he had a he had a terminology said "Make America Great Again." If we know a little bit about our civil rights history, that was definitely a rallying cry for many Southern governors that really believed in the old boy South of, of blacks knowing their place and, and, and Jim Crow South, where they would use that terminology to rally up the, the troops to say, hey, we need to keep, we need to keep things the way they are. And uh, we wanna keep, uh, we wanna keep uh, black Americans subservient to us and we're going to run things and they're going to they're going to step to the back. We don't want them to have vote. We don't want them to have voting rights. We don't want them to have anything. And unfortunately, with with Trump's touting that same that same rhetoric from the 1960s, it unfortunately gave a, a wink and a nod to many of our uh, white nationalist um, uh, organizations uh, and then definitely white supremacist um, organizations. I never heard of the Proud Boys. There was in the middle of the uh, debate on the debate stage. They they literally the 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 comment the commentator was asking him, you know, do you support and and denounce um, racism? And he states something of uh, will stand stand by and stand proud proud. Stand and back, I didn't, stand, stand back yeah. and stand by. And stand back and stand by. And I. We didn't have any idea what that I didn't have any idea what that was until the news reports came out and said, hey, these guys have been banned on Facebook. They've been banned here and some other places. I didn't even know they existed. I didn't I didn't know. And it and it, and it scares me. And I want to say this for my friends that are Republican. I know a lot of folks support Trump because of the uh, the Republican agenda. And there's 70 million people, as you say, 7 million more people from 2016 that support Trump. And the core values of of the Republican Party, people support. But then you think you got to you pull the curtain back and then you see, well, who's really supporting Trump? And it makes me nervous and it makes me cringe. Like, oh, my gosh, we have white supremacists, some, not all 
we have uh, we have white nationalist uh, people that support the president. We got to think about that. And my thing is, how are we going to come together under Biden to heal? How is that going to how is that going to happen going forward after this election? Like, I don't I don't want to go back to Jim Crow South. I don't want to go back to whites and colored. I don't want to go back to um, not making enough money and, and and just trying to fight to pay my student loans. And I don't I don't want to continue to hit glass ceilings and working. I don't I don't want to face these things and 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 constantly come against racism. Like, can that can that can that heal? Can that stop? I don't I don't know. So I, I am not proud. I wasn't proud to be an American during his presidency. That that feeling is going to change with the Biden Harris thing. Georgia. 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 And, and looking for some things that are hopeful, you look at uh, Georgia, uh, Jackie Johnson lost her race in Georgia. And of course, you would ask me, well, who was Jackie Johnson? Yeah. Well, Jackie Johnson, she's a Republican. She okay. was spent 10 years as district attorney uh, in and around New Brunswick, uh, in, near Brunswick, Georgia, excuse me, Brunswick, Georgia. Mm-hmm. She was the district attorney who saw the video and passed on the, uh, the case involving Gregory McMichael. Gregory McMichael and his son Travis, the two uh, father and son duo that drove down in their truck and gunned down uh, Ahmaud Aubrey. Mm-hmm. So the people remembered what she did rather mm-hmm. what she didn't do. Exactly. Um, and then giving up that case and saying she had, um, she couldn't pursue it because she knew the uh, McMichael family. So uh, they told her to go home and stay home. So now she does not have that job anymore. I know the first time I saw that, that was at CNN. That was Don Lemon and he had the video. And the, it, with the absence of video, I mean, I think would make a big change in this election. If we didn't have video of Maude Aubrey, if we didn't have video of George Floyd, um, I think this election, along with the coronavirus, might turn out differently. Um, I believe those are two really important factors. Um, Speaking of local elections, here, uh, your state, Illinois, you Mm -hmm. have uh, Cook County State's Attorney that won her uh, office, won re-election, Kim Fox. You probably guys have maybe heard of Kim Fox. She was the a uh, woman who was in charge of the Jose Smollett case, uh, in <laughs> which a uh, former actor from Empire, singer slash actor slash liar, uh, from that show said that mm-hmm. he was beaten up by MAGA supporters in in on the north side of Chicago, and they left him for dead, and he had to come back and. And he was so broken about it. And it turned out uh, police did uh, this rare thing called investigation 
in Chicago. The police actually investigated the case and found that he was a liar and none of it was true. He had paid the guys off who beat him up. Uh, Kim Fox had to recuse herself from the case because she knew the Smollett family. And uh, therefore, it was an embarrassment to her office. It was an embarrassment to the city uh, to think that we would let MAGA people uh, I'm from Chicago, originally. Yeah. So think that Chicago would let MAGA people in and have them do that. Uh, it's it's for all the gun talk that you hear about shootings in Chicago. In terms of people kind of being able to walk out and be themselves, uh, whether that is cis or or um, or LGBTQ, um, right. it's a relatively safe place. Okay, yeah. so when that case came up and he said this happened to him, people were really alarmed that that could I happen. I know I was. I know I and was. And yeah. the idea that people could just kind of pull you off the sidewalk and do that to you. I mean, um, you know, you know, it was very you know. cold. It was very cold when that happened, too. That happened in yes. February. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was yeah. winter. And winter, yeah. it turned out it wasn't true. So when Kim Fox went up for re-election, a lifelong Democrat, 40-year Democrat, who was white, and Irish, decided that he was going to become a Republican so he could run against her and maybe unseat her from office. Uh, didn't work, though. No. Didn't work. No, that was Pat O'Brien, right? Yes, Pat Patty O'Brien. Yeah, he, he Patty went packing back to where he came from. Did not take over that seat. Um, don't know if he went back to the Democratic Party. Don't know if they op opened up their arms back to that traitor, but um, it certainly <laughs> happened. His whole message was Firefox. Had nothing positive to say, just that let's get rid of that Black woman because, you know, she embarrassed us. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. She made her own case for positives. The voters decided to along with her so I don't have to make her case yeah but that happened locally I mean we saw yeah. also uh Lauren Lauren Underwood I don't know I if know. there's a, a resolution in that did she actually lose either. that seat it was a 50-50 case it was a 50-50 last time I saw with like 98 percent yeah reported. and I'm looking Lauren Underwood, at as Valerie's looking it up, she was the youngest and uh, mm -hmm. African-American in the Congress. A uh, young woman who had won a predominantly Republican district, but she was such a breath of fresh air that her constituents sent her to Congress. They felt like she mm -hmm. could do the things she said she would do, and she delivered on, on many of those, in many cases, in terms of legislation that she actually authored. Well, actually, um, in the what's happening now, it's District 14 here, here in Illinois, and 99% uh, are reporting, and she's at uh, uh, 51 point, no, 50.1%, oh. and her opponent, Jim, is at 49.9%. So wow. She did win, but by a margin, but they're at 99% wow reporting which means That's she's going to she's going to win she's going to win her uh her re-election bid against jim overwise wow well that's that's great news that yeah. is great news um I think local 
Yeah, luckily Overwise also owns uh, ice cream, ice cream yeah. stores. He's an ice cream Love- man. He's Which, ice cream you know, guy, it's, yeah. not, it's not Gucci Mane. He's not like a Gucci Mane ice cream man or a Jeezy ice cream man. He's like a real, like, actual yeah. dairy ice cream guy. It's delicious. You just can't, mm-hmm. like, go to his store during election yeah. years because he is crazy conservative. Yeah, he is. He is. And I love, I love his ice cream, too. And I, I, my thing is, he still has a job. So if he... he, if, he, if, he yeah. As long as that ice cream is delicious, he has a job. I just don't want him anywhere near the U.S. Congress. Maybe as a visitor. You visit. I know. As we wrap up, uh, how would you characterize your feelings about the overall election and how and what you've gone through over the last, you know, days leading up to the actual announcement of our new president-elect uh, Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris? Um, I'm going to need like a week of sleep. Um, I can feel the bags under my eyes. I don't know if they're so visible today, but I, I'm so tired yeah. from, from that. I mean, it was, you know what it was like? It was like, I had tried to go to sleep in 2016 and instead of getting a nice restful, uh, evening of sleep, I had like this long, uh, nightmare that just wouldn't end, that just kept getting worse and worse, that, that lasted for like four years. Oh, you no. know, it felt like 40 years. I know. And I think it took like at least four years off my life. Um, so it's over, I'm told. I'm awake, but then there are elements of that nightmare that are still walking around that don't understand that it's over now. So maybe we'll find out later this week or next week that uh, someone has tapped little Donnie on the shoulder and told him to to take his ball and go home. I I hope. I hope so. How do you you feel? (laughs) How do you feel? I mean, this, this week has felt like a year. I mean, how do you feel after afterwards, knowing that we did get to this conclusion? Um, I know at the in the beginning stages, even the day before the election, I got with some of my friends um, and we did a prayer call on Zoom and we were doing some additional prayer calls uh, after the, you know, after on Tuesday of of the actual election and says, you know, uh, uh, God, we, we need help down here. And I feel like um, um, a, like a like a an entire load of 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 distress and anxiety has been lifted. Uh, it, you know, in the, in the same feeling of 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 um, and to echo the words of um, Eric Garner and George Floyd, I can't breathe. I feel like I've been holding my breath. And I can breathe now. I can I can just breathe a sigh of relief. Um, Michael was the one who called me. I was at the post office, and he's the one who told me it's over. And I was thinking, what is he talking about? I didn't I didn't quite get where he was talking about. And then the song that flashed in my head, and ironically, the actress Tracy Ellis Ross from Blackish, she posted it on her Instagram the scene from The Wiz where her mom is dancing around. Uh, calling and saying, can't you feel a brand new day? And that's what I did at the post office here in Chicago. I was dancing. People were looking at me like I was crazy. I was like, yeah. Can't you feel a brand new day? 
can begin and i am i don't know about anyone else but i i still want to i still want to reach across the aisle and be like hey republicans we may not agree on everything but we we need to we need to talk we need to talk and if we're able to hear each other and not criticize and and bash one another i think we can we can grow as a country because as long as we're on this you're evil because you're Republican. If we still have those same world views, it, it's we're, we're not going to move as a country. We really aren't. And so I, I, I would like for us to and and to and then to bring a sense of respect to the office of the president. I felt like that was lost over the last four years. And so a lot of things that were once lost will be restored. And that's what I'm relieved and happy about. I feel a brand new day coming. And, uh, and my thing is, I'm not going to 100% agree, like I didn't agree with Biden, Obama. I'm not going to 100% agree with everything with Harris and Biden, but I'm going to listen and I'm going to see what I can do to help. We got to We got to come together. We got to make America kind again. <sighs> can we be kind, please? <laughs> can we be kind? Oh my gosh. And, and on that note, this is Valerie Johnson, uh, Michael Womble. Thank you so much for your, your, your brilliance and, um, and everything that you said. Thank you. Uh, uh, this is Valerie Johnson and this is Interludes. Next time on Interludes. I've been completely floored by the level of artistry and creativity that DJs and artists and singers have been using to continue to keep us connected through the, through the art form. Spoken word recording artist, journalist, and entrepreneur Danny Sanders, musically known as Black Widow, on the next Interludes. Interludes, original concept by Valerie Johnson, written and produced by Michael Womble and Valerie Johnson, song intro and outro produced by Kendall Nesbitt. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production, brought to you by A1 Pestmasters. For all your exterminating and pest control needs, call A1 Pestmasters at Area code 773-365-9962 or visit their website at a1pestmasters.com. When you book your appointment with A1 Pestmasters, tell them that you heard it on the podcast called Interludes.